Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arsenal X, NGR Radio's Xbox podcast. As always, we got to throw up the X. Because we're about to know now. I am your host, Mr. Eddie V. Joining me is the Wise West Constant, Mr. Jesse Douglas. How's it going, everyone? And Bossman himself, Mr. Corey Deer. Apex Legends is fun to play. Yeah, it is quite fun. Yes. So, yes, everybody, uh, Apex Legends has dropped. This is a new game, Battle Royale, from uh, the makers of Titanfall Respawn. Um, there's been some controversy about it, but there's also been success uh, success about it. We all three have been playing it at different times of the day. Um, but so I want to get your guys' impressions first before we get into what we what's been in our arsenal. Uh, Corey, what is your impression about uh, about Apex Legends? I like it. I mean, it takes what I like about Overwatch and kind of mixes it with what I like about Blackout and PUBG. You know, kind of the battle royale stuff like it it's always a struggle to find a battle royale that i think feel like i'm good enough to contribute in right mm-hmm. like i i i think blackout is close but usually i don't like to play it by myself i like to play it with with jesse and you know people who are good at the game and i can kind of like travel in a pack and kind of not stick out like a sore thumb when i'm jumping around shooting the gun in the air like woo you know uh, <laughs> but i i I like this because, you know, there's a medic class in the in the game that I feel like I can use the healing stuff to uh, help my team instead of being a, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a dead wolf out there. You know, I, I feel like I can contribute without being a, a nuisance to a team because I'm not great at these types of games. Like, I like playing first-person shooters cooperatively, you know, because... Yeah, I mean, as you guys know, we've played Halo all the way through three of them yes. already. So, uh, but when it comes to competitive stuff like Destiny, I'm all right at Halo, I'm all right at, but everything else is kind of like, oh, geez, what, what, how, how, what's this? What is gun? You know what I mean? Like that's how I feel sometimes, and it's like this. This game is really fun because I feel like I can wrap my head around it and, and really get into it. You know. So, and I already feel like, you know, after maybe playing what, 15 rounds, I think total, like, I feel like I, I'm knowing, I'm getting to know the map better. Uh, I'm getting to know at least the medic class better and learning how to use it. So uh, I really like it. I, I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jesse, your thoughts? I know me and you had some conversations, uh, but yeah. what's your, what's your like official thought on it? Yeah, like for for me, like I there's still you know a lot of things that I that I like about um I like uh, about Black Ops or Blackout, you know, just a, like some things are better in that still. Mm-hmm. Like I still like the the idea of you know having the solo mode or you know having where you can have four people in a thing, and and being able to have a hundred players you know like like that you know obviously they really can't do that in this game or they I don't know that they're going to have a hundred players who knows maybe someday. Like so there's the certain yeah so there's certain things that that Blackout still has you know over it for me. But, but the the things that they did better than any, you know, battle royal game, 
have really like in my opinion is what makes it such a, a strong competitor like i like that if like the attachments you have on the gun uh that you picked up and you kind of got attachments for and maybe you want to upgrade to a better gun that you find like i like that the attachments from that gun automatically transfer over whatever is whatever is uh compatible with the gun you're picking up it will mm-hmm. show you underneath like when you highlight the gun uh what what attachments will transfer over and i like i think that is like was a super smart idea to like to do that because i feel like that's something that blackout uh could probably uh take note of and maybe look into doing like um, incorporated in their game they probably yeah would. yeah if because if they do that that would be big that that would be a huge uh help for you know for like trying to because because like right now like i like i don't like that you have to like go highlight the gun that you want to drop to switch out with another gun and hold the x on to it and then you'll drop that gun and all of its attachments will detach uh individually that way on the ground but then you still got to pick up the new gun and then look at each individual piece and reattach it to your new gun that you're picking up so if you could literally just swap out a gun for the gun that you want and all the attachments that can go on would go on instantly that would be massive in that game like it would be a massive uh um upgrade for that so yeah like that 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 and i like that in uh apex i like that everyone kind of has to drop together uh because in blackout and a lot of those other games like if you're playing with random people or you know or whatever like a lot of the times people just go wherever they feel like and then they drop you know way far away from their teammates and then they wonder why they get killed instantly by a, a group that actually is staying together so i like that they kind of make you have to drop together in a in a in a way i mean you can still technically drop solo if you want to mm-hmm. but it seems like most people just kind of stick to the rules of of dropping together and then you can kind of split off once you get closer to the ground and so you can land at different buildings yeah. but in the same spot so like there's a lot of things that they really did good in in this game and i like the um I like that certain like any yellow items have perks on them like like so yellow items will give you a, like a special abilities for certain things. Mm-hmm. I like that whole idea and I do like Corey said I like how they mixed in the whole Overwatch uh aspect of of gameplay in with it where you have, you know, different kinds of uh settings. But but yeah, like overall, I I really enjoy it a lot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, Jesse, your yeah. picture disappeared. Yeah, I don't know why it just exited out of Skype. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, yeah, I pretty, I am enjoying Apex Legend. Uh, I'm coming in as a casual player. Um, you know the the shooting is good. The gameplay mechanics is spot on. It's respawn. Um, I know me and Jesse was talking uh, this week. I think it's a little bit slower than uh, Titanfall 2. Um, 
and I, I don't know. I, I probably have to go back to Titans Fall 2's uh, multiplayer to, like, I think it, of, I um, think it's the player you pick though. Yeah. Because you pick if the you, big you pick the big shield guy and he's uh-huh. going to be slower than the smaller characters too. Like if you picked someone like uh the character that Jesse is or even the medic, like my medic is super fast. Fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cuz and also if you it's like uh PUBG and uh where if you put away you can you can have the option to put away your gun to be able mm-hmm. to run faster. So you that that also makes a difference too. Like, like you can run super fast if you put well, your I gun mean, away. I, I wonder if the frame rate, because I'll probably choose a different characters to see if the frame rate changes or something. Uh, I mean, it's fast. It's faster in that sense with the frame rate. I just think that there's something about Titanfall, and it might be because of with Titanfall uh, two. I should say you jump around more because you're doing all the raw running and you're moving. Yeah you're moving fast yeah where i think this one it's just it, it may match but like you said Corey, it might be my character that's making it feel a little bit slower than the normal uh than, than the normal title for two I, and i don't have a problem with the frame rate you mm. know there's no there's been no drops i think the only thing i have with uh we recorded um a royale with cheese and i just had connection issues but other than that you know Everything is it's a fun game. It's it's really good. I I know for me personally, I'll be dropping in and out due to some scheduling and other things. Uh, but when I do play it, I do enjoy the time that's that I am in with it. I know a lot of people are seeing this the evolution of Battle Royale. So this is kind of like not a rebirth, but like a re-energized it, it, it kind of it kind of gave the genre a shot in the arm that it needed yeah. i think because like mm-hmm. i mean don't go don't get me wrong like fortnite's super popular because it's easy to get into and then you have PUBG, but then like call of duty blackout like as great as that mode is it it feels like PUBG. you know like it, it doesn't really do anything special uh in terms it just feels like a super polished PUBG, right and yeah. In that genre, like, I, I think this is what it needed to to th- start, th- you know, thriving again. You know, I think this <laughs> was the shot in the arm that it needed to be like, yeah, Battle Royale is here to stay. And yeah, it's only 60 people for now. And yeah, it's only squads. Uh, but I think the, the hero element to it, the Overwatch style element to it, like, really gives it something unique. Uh, you know, that players, okay, yeah, players don't care that it's not 100 people because you get these cool characters that you get to kind of learn how to use and, and figure out yes. their, what combination of, of supers go well together. You know, and like, Jesse, we had a couple good loadouts where, you know, you were an assault character, I was a medic, and then uh, a couple people, st- like uh, uh, the tracker uh, is is a good character to use. I, I need to learn all their names. I haven't played enough to learn everybody's names. Bloodhound, I believe. Yeah, Bloodhound is like a tracker where like uh, he can track enemies easier than than the other characters, right? And and mm-hmm. it's it's cool. It's cool. It's a unique perspective on this too because it also the specific classes. Yeah, and also what I think the game does well, like there's a ton this game does well, like does better. Like the attachment system is better than other battle royale games i think them dropping you as a unit and having one guy steer your whole team instead yeah. of instead of you know everybody trying to guess where your teammates are going like i think that's a cool idea 
but also the marking system too. Yeah, the marking system. It I does a good. Forgot about that. It That's does so a good bad. job of people who don't like. If you get on a team with some people that don't have headsets, like it does a good. It does a good job allowing you to communicate with teammates without using your voice. Which, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't like to talk on headsets, and that's fine, but it allows you to communicate still without having to uh, yeah, have when, a headset on. And what's nice, too, is uh, when you're getting shot at, your mm-hmm. character automatically calls out that they're being shot at, and a lot of the times it will say what they're shooting you with. Yeah, Like, they'll yeah. say, hey, a sniper, you know, getting shot by a sniper. So then you can you can be like, okay, well, if I'm going into this, you know, battlefield where my teammate is that he's getting shot at, I know now that, that there's a sniper, so I need to, to prepare for that kind of weapon to be, be used against me. And so, like, you'll want to try to find cover and see if you can figure out where they're shooting from first or... Or shoot, like for my character I use, you can shoot down the smoke grenades and try to, you know, make it so then your your teammate, if I shoot that, that's all I need to do is to let him get out of that, that position he's in where the sniper is shooting at him. Because once that smoke's up, then he can kind of retreat and re- regroup. And, you know, like it's it's very tactical game, like which is what I really like about it. I really like that, that the abilities, like... Like all have their their place and all have their use and and uh, you know like once you learn how to use a character, it can be you know very very get to be very easy to kind of get your teammates out of out of jams and things like that. So, well, yeah. I know uh, this is like I think they're probably going to try to make this an esports game in a in a sense. Like I mean, I can, t- I can see that. Totally. I, I mean. I can see that. Yeah, I think this um, is the first battle royale game that has a chance at being a solid esports. Yeah, game. because like because of the unique team dynamics you can have, and the mm. unique in the unique perspective of having to work as a team instead of like Fortnite. Like, yeah, you can do a squads thing, but like, I think having that Overwatch element to it really it lends itself better to esports than the rest of them. Well, and honestly, just because it's only 60 characters, that also makes it easier for them to have an actual eSport thing where they they only need 60 people playing versus having to have 100 mm-hmm. if but they were to do it the other way. you know, does like it offer, it could... Does it offer private matches to have 60? No, but there's I'm sure there's builds of the game that allow people to like, hey, guess what? We're holding a tournament. We have a build of the game where you just connect through this version yeah. of the game the goat, like the, like goat, a, lo- yeah. a lot of those t- style games to have tournaments and stuff they have yeah. specific builds of the game that allow like tournament play yeah so and we and i know we still have uh battlefield 5 so we'll probably be checking that out um it's it's kind of weird though to see where who is going to do the next thing you know Respawn literally just set the bar high, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. it's so so it's just like now the little kids got Fortnite, uh, the bigger players and some of the casual players now have, uh, have um, uh, uh, Legends. Well, I mean, what, Apex Legends. Well, what Jesse and I were talking about earlier was like Apex Legends and Blackout mode are now 
are the new Fortnite and PUBG, right? Where Call mm-hmm. of Duty is clearly the the PUBG of like you got to be kind of tactical a little bit. I mean, you're still running around and shooting guys, right? But it's it's right. you got to be smarter when you play. You got to you know what I mean? Where Apex Legends is kind of like it really feels like I can just I like somebody who doesn't play a lot of battle royale and someone who doesn't isn't good at a typical battle royale can jump in and kind of have fun where like in Fortnite on like specifically on the switch version like i could jump in and kind of feel like i could get to the final 10 or final five without really trying too hard you know Uh, and and granted like what we played tonight i i definitely didn't do very well but like i did get my first two kills though and they're both the press x to live with the finisher moves that's another cool yeah. thing too is like yeah, the, the finishing moves are finish. really cool uh yeah. so to take out the other people's team mm-hmm. teammate that's yeah great. yeah it's really cool uh it also leaves you vulnerable though so it's like a risk reward mm-hmm. thing but it's still yeah. really cool uh but yeah because you don't waste have to waste bullets that way yeah it still takes it's like all the other games where it takes quite a few good shots to to finish them off when they're down and you also can get a shield that pops up to stop incoming damage when you're down so Mm -hmm. so it's like you can override that shield and just do your finisher and just kill them instantly regardless yeah but um but yeah like you said it's a risk reward but we'll yeah, we'll see what happens at the probably at the end of the year. Um, I, you know, they did 10 million players, I think, within 24 hours after the game came out. Um, we haven't I haven't heard anything financially just yet on how it's doing with that. Those stories will probably come out. Um, I know uh, there was disappointment that, you know, this is not Titanfall 3 or Titanfall 3 is in development. I know people were upset about that. But there was an announcement um, that they are hiring for uh, people to work on Apex Legend and to work on the Star Star Wars Jedi Fallen. I think that's that's the game in, and that was what me and Jesse kind of was talking about, which is like what ha- what has happened with the Star Wars game because they haven't really talked anything about it. Well, um, it's almost we it's almost like Respawn is becoming EA's like, you know best studio right now i mean like i mean titanfall 2 didn't sell well but it's their it's their highest rated game in year ea's highest rated Mm -hmm. published game in years right probably since mass effect Mm -hmm. 2 i think right and and uh apex legends is a huge hit they've got a it's the only star wars game besides battlefront that hasn't been canceled (laughs) like this is like they're they're sitting pretty right now and and yeah like i don't think I mean, coming from Infinity Ward and having that background of, of, you know, the two best Call of Duty games probably considered by many fans with mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 1 and 2, like, they, they've they made something unique and special with Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends. Like, I, I mean, I played, t- I played a little bit of Titanfall 2 today, and it was like, man, just going in there and playing with the Titan and everything, like, it still feels good to play. Like, it's, they've respawn's got something man like i don't know why more people aren't paying attention to them because they make some great games i I think because of when it comes to ea it's mostly dice since dice is the one who created frostbite and pretty much you know they right ea relies on battlefield and kind of madden in a sense right Um, but 
but uh, Respawn is the only EA studio that's not using Frostbite. They're yeah. using Source. They're using a, a gutted version of the Source, source uh, for this for for this game. Yeah, which is um, awesome. I think it's awesome. Well, because they mentioned that EA didn't have no part in this, uh, they were able to use that because if EA did have this or the hit some of the hits did put their fingers into this game, this game would have been running on frostbite. Well, I mean I still think I still think now, like I know they said something else Titanfall related was coming, but mm-hmm. they've been working on a mobile strategy game, a Titanfall strategy game for a little bit. So I think that's probably what we're gonna get. Or their VR project could also possibly be a Titanfall VR project. Uh, well, well, when I was watching the ESE three conference from last year, they said they got a lot of projects in the works. Uh, yeah, I, I think they have at least what three, I think, and I'm, I'm assuming this was one of them. They, uh, from what we know, it's just two: Apex Legend, uh, what Apex Legend that came out, and there's the Star Wars Jedi Fallen. Star Wars Jedi Fallen was the uh, was the sure one that we knew about because they said holiday 2019. So that was the only one we know. This one, Apex Legend was a surprise, and everybody assuming that they were working on Titanfall three because yeah. that's the only property that Respawn has. Well, I th- I still think Titanfall three will come out. I bet it's a launch game for the next gen yeah. consoles. Next gen, yeah. yeah. That's me and Jesse kind of agreed on that. Uh, mm-hmm. And I bet I bet they're building it from the ground up with Source or not with Source yeah. with uh well, with Frostbite. Frostbite. Yeah. So, we I, I think we shall see. Uh, Stupid frostbite. Um, Stupid. I, the last thing Stupid. I I want to uh, I want to ask you guys, and then we'll get into Stupid. what we've been playing. Uh, do you think Anthem will affect this, or Battlefield Five would affect this? Um, see, we kind of we kind of talked about that on Javelins for Hire this week, uh, and we kind of saved the conversation because we knew we were going to have it here. Uh, but like we, we thought that we didn't really understand why EA was releasing three products within like six weeks of each other. You know, we got Mm. apex legends this week, next weekend for early adopters is, is Anthem or next two weeks, the next two weeks, Anthem is this Anthem staggered launch. Mm. And then sometime in March you're getting, uh, firestorm. Or what? That's what it's called, right? Firestorm. Yeah, for Firestorm, Battlefield yeah. Five, or pretty much the rest of Battlefield Five. I so, say. like, I mean, I th- I think getting Apex Legends out first was smart. Uh, yeah. I I I mean, I know I. I think, I it's think because of the fiscal year, that kind of business. Well, thing. yeah, I, I think that too. But at the same time, I don't think the Anthem audience in this crossover very much. Like, I'm sure there's a mm-hmm. crossover, but like. I don't think p- people are being pulled from Anthem to play this, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and Battlefield people are kind of like their own kind of special people, you know. Like they're kind of siloed off into their own kind of thing. Uh, at least hardcore Battlefield people. So I don't think this is pulling from that either. Mm-hmm. I think that this game is pulling from Overwatch and Call of Duty. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. now that I really think about it, uh, because yeah. like Overwatch, like with the whole Activision Blizzard kerfluffle that's been going on for the last few months and and blizzard kind of going on a downward downward trajectory and overwatch 
players have been falling off the game the last couple of months and like a lot the last couple of months a lot more than they've yeah, seen lots, in a while yeah a lot of people have been upset with overwatch lately and with some of the characters like uh you know that game is kind of i mean that, that game's been out for three years now i mean it's it's probably time for that game to start falling a little bit i know blizzard usually has a, a big kind of fan base that sticks with the games but mm-hmm. you're not going to play a, a game forever right and it, but at the same time, it's like Activision got rid of Destiny. It seems like they're about to lay off a couple hundred people in the we'll next. Get to I, that everybody. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that soon. But like, it kind of feels like Activision is going this way, while EA is kind of going up this way a little bit. Yeah, you know. Like yeah. I, I I think as much as we crap on EA, I think they are starting to turn the ship around a little. I think I think EA like as big as that boat is. I think they're starting to turn it a little bit in the in the right direction in terms of like Anthem's not getting any really paid DLC. You know, all the story stuff is free. We went over the end game kind of roadmap mm. uh, today. Uh, you know, they're they're going cosmetic only. What you see in the store is what you get when you buy it. That kind of thing. Uh, Apex Legends is using seems to be using the Fortnite model of of purchasing cosmetics. Uh, there are two heroes behind Paywall, which granted, it's like eh, I really, think because you can unlock them. Yeah, through playing. I know you can unlock them through playing, but like I think they really want you to purchase those characters. But in the one the one that you buy, the toxic character, the toxic I forget what his name is, but the guy that throws the toxic uh, things is kind of like the best character right now it seems like in terms of like if you're indoors in enclosed spaces and he can just throw a little toxic bomb out at you and you slowly mm-hmm. lose life that like that's a pretty powerful move to um have to unlock so uh yeah. i mean to be fair i'm i'm not criticizing the game for that i think all the other heroes are great i think that you yeah. just have to find the right counter move but yeah Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's what these hero games are all about: is finding the the right characters to counter the other team's players. So, mm-hmm. uh, strategy. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit harder to do when there's sixty players on the field instead of ten. But uh, I I still think you know EA gets a lot of crap and rightly so for Star Wars and stuff. But uh, I think they're making better decisions with with certain games right now uh apex legends being one of them and i think the the things they're doing with anthem also are better moves than what they've made in the past so well and to be fair like too like there was a tweet that was being uh reposted and stuff on on twitter of uh disney uh, admitting that they're poor they're bad at making games and so, like, I, I don't think that a lo- all of that goes on EA with the whole Star Wars things. I think that's mm. a lot has to do with Disney as well, just not being good at, yeah. at letting people do what they need to do to make a good game. Like, yeah, you know, we've seen it with the movies as well, where there was a lot of issues with them having, to, like, firing and, like, it just it just became a complete yeah. cluster I mean, F. If you if you're not Disney proper, Disney is notoriously difficult to work with because yeah. they want everything to be how they want it. And like, you know, everybody gives Kingdom Hearts 3 a lot of crap for not coming out sooner than later, but you know, that game took a long time because 
Disney had literally had to approve every little thing, right? And it's not just Disney. It's Disney Animation Studios. It's Pixar. It's uh, the Jerry Bruckheimer uh, production company for Pirates. Like, there's so many different aspects they have to go through, uh, you know, that, that they have to, everything has to be perfect. That's, yeah. that's what happens when you do mess with, with a game that's filled with licenses. That's what happens you know. when you mess with the mouse. Yeah, but... <laughs> Don't but mess with the mouse, at, you'll get the ears. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, like uh, Nintendo showed that if you back off a little bit and just trust in the people that you're letting use your stuff, you you know, you'll get a good game when when uh when well, Ubisoft did Mario Rabbids, so like they, Nintendo's they, uh Nintendo's uh different. Yeah, but they kinda. used to be the same it's, way though. Yeah, it's, they're, it's, the, they're it's, the same way. They're yeah, they're very the strict way. about their stuff and they really are hardcore like you know want want don't want people to do anything bad, you know, like they they I th- I feel it's, like they've they've progressed quite a bit with this console. With, with some things with Nintendo and probably even Disney is that they hold um, that representation of that product holds value to them. And if yeah. that representation is bad, that affects their value. I, I mean, that's it. that's yeah. also why those properties are val- are even more valuable than most IP too is because they're yeah. so strict. So, I mean, it, it work it's it's a two-way street like yeah. They're strict because they want their IP to be valuable, and their IP is valuable because they're so strict. So right, yeah. Because uh, if they just yeah, if they just let anyone do their stuff, and it comes out poor. They're gonna blame. They're gonna blame Disney or whoever company. Why did you give it to this developer to do it? You know, yeah. that's kind of what happened with EA in the Star Wars thing. Uh, yeah. The well, and I, but I, but I feel like, like with Nintendo doing with Mario Rabbids, like they actually, you know, because they know how to make, you know, Nintendo knows how to make games. I think they were they're much better at at letting Ubisoft do their thing and and mm-hmm. trusting them. But the thing is, Disney doesn't really know what they're doing or what they're talking about, so. Like the it doesn't transfer from what they want and what it actually takes to make a game, and so I think that that the the problem is is Disney needs to realize that okay you wanted EA to to make something for you or you're letting them make something for you, you've got to trust that they that they you know are are able to make make a game because they know how to do that you don't. Like you need, they need to just, they need to be strict still, but you need to mm. chill out. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a weird thing, and we're gonna get into uh, what's been in our arsenal. Um, it's a weird thing. It's because of we don't know who bought who the contract. Like of of Disney brought brought it to EA, or EA went to Disney to talk to them about doing anything Star Wars. Is that EA kind of has a repre- reputation? amongst gamers that has been soured throughout the years with their products and and that's mostly due to some of the business moves a lot of people feel like if ea business partners and ceos let their own developers do stuff to make a good game and not attach all this crazy crazy stuff if we're going to play uh apply that idea to a disney then that that idea should be applied to ea because of what gamers feel like if ea just 
just didn't do none of that little DLC or microtransaction stuff, I think a lot of people will feel fine that when DICE and EA bring out a battlefield or whatever, and they could see that EA didn't have their hands in it, the CEOs didn't have their hands in it, they know that their developers were able to bring out a product that everybody's going to like. Yeah, I I think part of it though is I I do believe whoever you know EA getting getting Disney I think that mm. was a bit that was probably a bidding war between whatever uh, developers wanted to try to make games for them, yeah. and so unfortunately when you start with the bidding thing, that's a lot of money that you're throwing out to buy and buy the rights to make a game for that, and then in turn. Like that means that you know that's a lot of your profit is already gone before you even make the game, so therefore they had to you know, I'm guessing they had to put stuff, put you know like tra- microtransactions in it to mm-hmm. to try to recoup some of the money that they had to spend to be able to even make the the product in the first place. Yeah. You know, I I think that unfortunately it's a mixture of a lot of different things that that led 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 to those choices. And I mean, who's to say that if they had gotten the the IP for a reasonable price, we may not have seen the, those microtransactions nearly as badly in them if it didn't cost as much to get it. So I don't know. I I just feel like. Like yeah, it is shitty and it, it sucks like the way that they did things, but but you but like I've said before to you, Ed, like I don't think that that EA like really is looking to try to damage their reputation. Mm-hmm. Like like I think they just did what they they probably felt they had to do to try to to try to either, you know, even out or come back make sure that they can come back ahead. Yeah. You know, to make to make another game, you know, because it's not cheap to make games. <laughs> True. So we're gonna get into what's been in our arsenal. Um, I'm actually going to start this one. Uh, so for uh my PlayStation Four, uh, getting a little bit more uh, see what Amanda done. I am about seventy percent done with that. Um, uh, I'll be hopefully done by this weekend. Uh, with it, just got to do a couple of more grinding, get some more menaces and weapons, and I'll be finished with that game and uh, be moving on to uh, Neo and some other stuff for it. Um, I am getting Sekiro uh, Shadows Die twice, but I'm going to be doing that on Xbox One. Uh, and so Days Gone is going to be the actual first PlayStation game that I get for this year. Um, for Xbox, uh, I am working still on Far Cry 5, uh, playing a little bit more Resident Evil 2. Um, started up Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia. I think that's the, that's the small little indie 2D thing. Um, it's a fun game. It's, it's really cool. Really enjoying that one. Um, really been playing a lot of Destiny 2. And I'm, like I told Corey on uh, Nintendo Power Block, uh, I've been in getting back in the loop of that game. Just guns are blazing and like kind of I, it feels like the stuff that I didn't pay attention to. I'm starting to pay attention now to be like, oh, OK, that's OK. Now I understand it. So, um, yeah, I really enjoying Destiny 2 um, and um haven't been uh, been working on some games here and there for the NX Challenge, uh, so hopefully 
I can start finishing some of these games and uh, getting out of my points and stuff. But Corey, what's been in your arsenal? Uh, in terms of Xbox, it's really been Destiny Two and uh, uh, Apex Legends. You know, I mean, Destiny Two. I've, I've been trying to, I've been trying to get this uh, Escalation Shotgun or Escalation Protocol Shotgun, and it's just mm. not, it's not dropping for me, man. It's just not. Uh, so I've been trying to level up my warlock. I'm debating on whether or not I should start a new character just to have another class to run through stuff with. Yeah. Uh, so that's been going through my mind. But uh, Apex Legends is, I mean, we talked plenty about it at the top of the show, but uh, that's kind of it in terms of Xbox. I've been playing Wargroove. Uh, it's it's on Xbox One, but I'm playing it on Switch. But uh, it's got, it's got cross-play across all three of the platforms it's out on so uh-huh. uh it's cool it's it's a tactics kind of a tactics game that you kind of just move units around and take out enemies and stuff so uh, if you played advanced wars or or fire emblem on on 3ds or ds or game boy advance or whatever like it's more it's more advanced wars than fire emblem but it's that same concept and it's really good man it's it's uh it's really good if you have if you don't have a switch you can still get it on xbox one or pc it's uh it's a good, good strategy game, so highly recommend it. But in terms of Xbox stuff, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Gotcha. And what about you, Jesse? What's been in your arsenal? All right. Well, so I I played a little Black Ops, got another win in solo mode, <laughs> and nice. then uh, and uh, the Division Two uh, beta played that a little bit. Oh yeah, um, I played that too. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And the C, yeah, me and Ad teamed up at one point for a little bit and played that. So, and then, uh, yeah, because that was, yeah, me and you teamed up. Wasn't it me and you that teamed up on that for a little bit? No, you and Corey did Destiny 2. Me and you did Apex Legends. Division 2. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we played a little bit on Thursday, Jesse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It was me yeah. I, I didn't get yeah. I didn't get the uh, the uh, private beta. I, I'm assuming there's going to be another one. I'm sure there's going to be an open beta. It's open probably going to launch the. It's the open beta is probably going to be the week of <laughs> the week of Anthem comes out. Yeah, would be the, so. probably the best time for them to do it if they want to. Yeah. It's going to be a Battleborn Overwatch situation where, <laughs> you know, the Battleborn comes out and Overwatch release their their beta. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not yeah. gonna be quite that bad, but you know what I mean. Yeah, because it showed up in my I checked my Ubisoft thing, and it just shows that I'm set up for Xbox One for the beta. So I think that's just gonna be for the open beta when it goes live. So okay. it shows that when uh, if they do go live, just open for everyone. It'll, I think it'll automatically download or give me that option and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I played those, played uh, Seasons After Fall. I've been slowly trying to finish that, played it for a little while. It, the thing is, is it had been so long since I played it last that I didn't, mm-hmm. don't remember where I need to go or what I needed to do. So it's it always takes me a little bit longer to play that because when I come back, I'm not sure where I left off. Yeah. Um, and then I also uh, played Away Journey to the Unexpected, 
So I just recently picked that up, and I I do I did do an AX plays for that, so that will eventually be available, um, to to watch, um, and you can kind of see then how like it's more of like a um first look because I hadn't played it, uh, leading up to pl- doing the recording that, so okay. so I kind of as I'm playing it, I'm kind of learning how everything works and everything, but I really am enjoying that game a lot. And uh, I did talk about that on Pal Block in more depth, so I'll just leave it at that for now. So, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to to Pal Block. <laughs> yeah, and probably by the time we get to, uh, and like within two more weeks when we start doing the anthem and uh, crackdown discussion, we'll probably talk more about away and some other games and stuff. Um, but yes, everybody, that's what's been in our arsenal. So let's jump into some Arsenal news. Classic Bioware and Black Isle RPGs is coming to consoles this year, and it has an update. Um, all our stories is coming from uh, Game Informer, so you guys will be able to check out these stories for yourself if you would like to. Um, there is an original story. Over the last few years, Canadian studio Beamdog has been remastering classic RPGs for use on modern PCs. So far, the team has remastered Borders Gate, Borders Gate 2, Borders Gate Siege of Dragonspear, Icewind Dale, Planescape Torment, and Neverwinter Nights. It's an impressive effort and useful for anyone who would like to replay those classic series. Now, thanks to, part- thanks to a partnership with Skybound Games, all of those games will be making their way to consoles later this year. No specific time frame was given, nor was there mention of exactly which consoles they will be appearing on. Skybound said they will be released on console platforms, so it's probably safe to assume PS4 and Xbox One at least, though whether they make it to Switch is another question. Skybound did say that it will be answering those questions in the coming months, along with revealing what you can expect to find packed in those packed in the boxes. If you're looking for something to do after you beat Anthem and want to see what Bioware was doing for 20 years ago, this should be an interest, interesting crash course. And the update is that Skybound Games has clarified that these titles will be coming to all three major platforms, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And we'll just have to see if any of them are going to be cross-play later on in the, line, uh, later on in the year. But yeah, if people want to see those games. Um, I've never played any of these i heard about them but never play any of them so i'm excited to see them coming to console this is kind of huge um mm-hmm. any thoughts you guys no nope. it's uh, you know it's a good thing it's always nice to get get some you know new stuff or get some old stuff that that never really came to consoles but other than that yeah yeah i mean good. Baldur's Gate, the the ones I played on like GameCube and PS2, or yeah, or, uh, those are the ones I remember. But I didn't really play a lot of them, so uh, I mean, it's always nice to see older games get preserved and updated a little bit for modern hardware. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I kind of want to see what Bioware made on the PC back in the day, uh, before they got, they started doing stuff for console in a sense. So, former Telltale and Ubisoft developers started a new studio. Back in 2017, Ubisoft hired several key Telltale developers who have worked on The Walking Dead, Tales from the Borderlands, and Minecraft Story Mode. At the time, fans of both Telltale and Ubisoft wondered what would emerge from that uh, combination of talent. The answer appears to be another departure. 
Variety is reporting that three of those developers, Nick Hermit, Dennis Lenart, and Pierre Charette, have broken away from Ubisoft to start their own company, Ad Hoc which is focused on building interactive narrative experiences. Having to pitch something that ultimately 50 people need to understand and approve means that a lot of, a lot of the more adventurous or, or risky ideas often die early on for a bunch of different reasons. Lenart explains Variety. Um, they have a full report on uh, ad hoc uh, on their plans to do uh, for that space. And I was looking to Netflix board, uh, Bender Snatch for inspiration. And you guys could go to Variety to read that story. Uh, but yeah, it seems that um, ad hoc is going to be bringing some adventure games back. Um, nice. That's kind of. I guess the adventure games haven't died yet. Uh, would it be episode? <laughs> cool. No, I I don't know. I kind of feel like Telltale was kind of the one that was like keeping that genre alive a little bit, and mm-hmm. now I mean I I guess Square is kind of doing it with Life is Strange also. Yeah. So. Yeah, Life is Strange is a good game. Like I, I really enjoy the what I've played of that. So like, honestly, I'm all for you know more people giving those having those experiences. You know, like I think you know like that's the thing is like like everything else. Like if you don't have people to compete with, mm-hmm. like then there's not going to really be much uh, strive to try to be better, do do things better, improve. So. It's always good to have multiple people doing doing a genre of game to compete, you know. So Yeah. And I could kinda could see these games like kinda probably running on Unity for a while. Or if they decide to do go to the Epic Game Store, they could do Unreal Engine Four. Um it kinda reminds me of the F and V uh genre actually making a comeback. Uh, like I think the uh, last stand is some of the ones that's on Switch and PC, um, like her story and stuff like that. Uh, those games are kind of making a comeback, in a sense. Yeah. So it's kind of going to be interesting to see if it's going to be just straight like the Telltale Adventure game, or if they're going to do an FV game. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So we're going to get into our last story. Uh, there's been a report that there's going to be mass layoffs at Activision Blizzard and it will result in uh, hundreds of lost jobs. Uh, Bloomberg is reporting an upcoming plan from Activision Blizzard to lay off hundreds of workers as the company attempts to restructure and centralize its operations. Sources tell us the layoffs will come from different parts of the company, including Blizzard, though it's not clear what parts of the studio will be affected. At the end of 2017, Activision employed 9,800 people across all sections of the corporation. The news comes after a rocky few months for Activision. While Call of Duty has been performing well, some things like the split with Bungie, Forsaken not meeting sales expectations, and flat numbers for games like Overwatch have resulted in a weaker price for Activision stock, which has declined nearly 2.5%. Um, Activision is expected to make uh, the official announcement on Tuesday. So by the time you guys uh, have our while you guys are watching this this announcement has been made already um so at this time of the recording we don't know the numbers but we shall see um what are your thoughts about this i know we had a big dive about you know bungee splitting um 
and then all those other reports of different like top heads leaving. Um, Corey, what are your thoughts? Well, if there's one company in this industry that likes to count pennies more than anybody, it's Activision, right? Mm. And they got rid of, I mean, quote unquote, got rid of one of their biggest franchises in Destiny. Uh, they've kind of minimalized all their other studios except for a few uh, to Call of Duty support studios, which I'm going to go ahead and say that those studios are going to be the ones that are most affected. Uh, you know, they, they've they've got three... And I'm, ta- I'm talking Activision, not, not Blizzard right now. Yes. Just Activision proper. Uh, you know, they have a few small studios that are doing the Crash remakes and the Spyro remakes, but Activision doesn't put out anything. You know, they put out Call of Duty every year. They published Destiny for a while, and now they're not doing that. So you got one big AAA franchise. Uh, you know, Guitar Hero's dead. Uh, Skylanders is dead. You've got the Crash remake and the Spyro remakes, but there's no, like, really new games in those franchises on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Blizzard, we just talked about Blizzard kind of, you know, changing gears and a lot of people that made that studio what it was have already left so you know and unless you're infusing new blood into blizzard like that studio is kind of on a different trajectory now uh in terms like overwatch is their biggest franchise but like you they already announced they're kind of shuttering heroes of the storm a little bit which is their moba like yeah. i mean they're not closing the game down but they already announced like their esports league is shutting down uh, support for that game is 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 starting to wind down. You don't have any new StarCraft game coming out. Warcraft, like World of Warcraft, is still like their main money maker. <laughs> you know, like you that's you got three AAA franchises for that for Activision Blizzard. You got Overwatch, you have Call of Duty, and you have World of Warcraft now. That's it. That's all you got. I mean, I know there's probably projects in the works, and I know that Activision owns King, which is a mobile developer, right? Like, they make Candy Crush and whatever other spinoff games they have there. Mm-hmm. And and I know Blizzard is kind of working with them and, and NetEase to, to make some mobile games. But, like, in terms of what type of games that we, like, quote-unquote core gamers care about, three AAA franchises does not warrant all the studios that they have. So... Yeah. Uh, especially like the way they count pennies and want to save money and make money at the same time. Like writing's kind of on the wall the last couple months. I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Well, and yeah. with Blizzard definitely hurting themselves with that Diablo mobile game announcement. Like, yeah, I mean, to me, to me, that's just a that's just the internet it, overreacting. Yeah. Overreacting, yeah. but everybody was hoping for Diablo Four. But they and... they said they weren't announcing Diablo Four. They came out and said that before yeah. BlizzCon. They said we're not announcing a Diablo sequel. Don't get your hopes up. They said it's that. Kind. That's yeah. that's the fans' fault for thinking that. Mm, it was, yeah, a lot of people held on to on to that. It, it's just it's just weird. Uh, but I mean, they still didn't announce a brand new project, though. Right. To be fair, like they announced some new Overwatch characters. They, I, f- I forget what all they announced, but like they still didn't announce a whole lot. And I know it's kind of weird to see 
the success of Diablo on Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, how, well, Diablo, how that is. Diablo 3 is a good franchise. Like, a yeah. lot of people love Diablo. And, like, you know, when, it, I mean, it was stupid for people to expect them to announce Diablo 4 when they said they weren't announcing Diablo 4. But, like, mm. Diablo's a huge franchise for them. If I, I'm sure there's one in development. I, I mean, it's been, what, eight years since... By the time... A, if Diablo 4 is announced this year, it's been seven years since diablo 3 so i mean it makes sense you know and it and have like a holiday 2019 or 2020 release date like it makes sense but yeah because i yeah and i don't even know if there's any more expansions coming for diablo no there's not they're done uh but i mean they're still doing seasonal content which is which is what you know they've been doing for a while but uh it I think the the layoff stuff is going to affect Activision more than Blizzard, but like, mm-hmm. just because a a lot of Blizzard's like founders and core team that's been there since the '90s has, has left. You know, they've they've all left to go do other things, and b like Blizzard's Blizzard's just they're kind of like a functioning entity into themselves. They don't really answer to Activision. So yeah. like, I really see this ha- this these layoffs affecting Activision more than Blizzard, which makes sense because the only thing Activision is putting out now is Call what? of Duty. I mean, the only two games they have scheduled is Crash Team Racing and Call of Duty 2019. So yeah, you you probably don't need like 15 studios working on Call of Duty. I'm sorry, you don't mm-hmm. like. In terms of a business move, this is smart, but I feel bad for all the people that are going to lose their jobs because Activision doesn't want to work on anything. Well, and I think I think part of their downfall is they there were too many times where they didn't uh, pinch pennies when they probably should have. Like they've they've admitted themselves that the the uh, that is it the the rock band or whatever the one the games that they make are uh, guitar, guitar hero guitar hero yeah, yeah guitar hero like that those were really really bad decisions to keep on trying to make those because they were popular for a little while but then mm-hmm. the fad when the fad died it died hard and then they were stuck with with just making no money at all yeah i think the, i think stuff. the last guitar hero game they made sold less than 500,000 copies. Yeah. And well, I like, think it was just it was it was it's like it was like at the time like a lot of people just didn't have that kind of money to spend like 80, 90 dollars to get it or whatever it was with the guitar because you couldn't use any of your old stuff with it. You know, like that was the only upside of the older ones is at that time they had released a guitar that could work with all the the you know the old the first version of it that you bought could work with all the newer ones or mm-hmm. whatever and so it wasn't that big of a deal but when you're going into a new console they just never should have did that they never should have made another one uh-huh. they 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 already were losing in, in the last ones they made so why go ahead and try to do it again i mean i know that rock band came out with something and they probably wanted to try to compete with them but but it it doesn't matter let them let them release something and end up failing because well it, it's one of the things that cuz you know harmonix made guitar hero and then yeah. when Activision got rid of the people and they formed Harmonix, I, there was a different name at that time. Yeah. Uh, and Harmonix made Rock Band. 
that competition, it was just like you see how Rock Pen was getting more popular than Guitar Hero. Yeah. Um, and then kind of look at it what it is now. Like Harmonix makes that uh music cardboard uh card game and a lot of people are enjoying that. And uh I agree with you, Corey, just having only kind of three strong titles, it, it, that's really hurting Activision Blizzard. And like you the the rely on was just like we could pump these titles out because we have a guarantee sale with the fan base. We know you guys are gonna buy it. So them not exploring different avenues or putting stuff small games on Nintendo Switch or, or putting all their stuff on Nintendo. Uh and and try to maximize different games, whether it be big or small, they've just they relied on two on uh, they relied on a franchise that might not, you know, it's probably gonna have a downhill at one point in time. Yeah. And what well, what is kind of interesting though is the guy that had originally left Activision, mm-hmm. left Call of Duty to go to go create Titanfall, has uh, left yes. Titanfall. Yeah, he left Respawn and he's back at at uh, Activision again. Yeah, he Where's, went he went uh, back to Infinity Ward, I think, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's not Vincent Zampala because he's, it's, he's the, it's the other guy. Yeah, it's the other, the other guy. guy. Yeah. So that's so. interesting, though. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, like since they left, Infinity War has kind of been like the joke studio. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah. I mean, not not to say like the developers don't work hard or anything, but that studio hasn't been run properly since they left. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I I mean I just. I feel bad talking crap about studios and I want to make sure people know that like I'm not talking crap about the developers themselves it's the way the studio is run you know it's yeah business, and it's the not that we're they make well and it's not yeah and it's not that we're talking crap about them so much as we're just kind of disappointed and and upset because we want good great games from these these developers we we want to see them exceed Mm-hmm. But, but when you, you know when when poor choices are being made, it just it it has a negative effect on on the gamers who want to buy their games. You know, and, and so. this is this is kind of what uh, uh, Ubisoft went through with the Assassin's Creed one. It's like pumping the one almost every year, and so not having no breathing room. But Ubisoft is kind of a different story because they have more franchises coming out. Yeah, and those and those are more story-driven games. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the multiplayer games, like people, people are kind of quicker to move on to the next new thing. You know, with when you're playing mostly, you know, worrying about multiplayer games. But yeah. So well, um, we here at NGR wish everybody the best. All who are affected. Um, like I said at this time of the recording We don't know who's going to be fired Shoot out We don't even know if there's going to be any studios closed down From this But um, I, bet, I bet some studios close I, Especially with like Destiny leaving They had three support mm. studios on there too Like High Moon And, and uh, Visual Con- No not Visual Concepts uh, Shoot who did, the, who did the Destiny port for PC uh, mm. 
I don't know, but all I was gonna say is that now we know why why they were able to able to leave and it wasn't that big of a deal. I think mm-hmm. I think they were gonna be making these these kind of decisions before uh, before Bungie left. And yeah. so when Bungie said, "Hey, you know, we kind of wanna get out of here," they're just like, "Oh, that's fine. You know, we're not gonna stop you because mm-hmm. because this was gonna inevitably happen anyways." I feel like as though there was going to be a lot of stuff being moved around. I I think so. the budget one was still unexpected with a lot of people, uh, due to the fact that you know Bungie is still respected as uh. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think suit. I think these layoffs and all this were also were Go also unexpected. Bungie. So yeah. so I I'm just saying it's kind of hand in hand. I think I think them leaving was such an easy thing to happen. Because because Activision was kind of in in you know Trend. this mode of trying to to cut down to to the bare you know bare minimum of, of what they they absolutely need for right now. It, so and, and this is uh, just one last thing, and we're gonna get into our Arsenal exchange. What happened to any backup money for Activision to have? You know, like we know, like Nintendo got like ten yeah. million or ten billion. They got some. Nintendo got something in the bank in case of something happens, so they could voice the. Like well, this. the thing is too is like, you know, we don't talk about this enough about Nintendo, but like, they're very conservative in game development. They don't spend a lot of money on, on motion capture, on hiring big name actors to do voice acting. Mm-hmm. You know, they they work on concepts and design a game around concepts instead of de- coming up with a game and then designing concepts around it. Like, they make a lot of smart de- decisions in terms of their game design process, yes. which you know a lot of a lot of companies don't do that. You know, I I'm pretty sure Activision yeah. is not one of them <laughs> that does that. You know, they they have something and they like. Uh, Bobby Kotick, he's the CEO. Like he just, he's been very open and honest about, hey, we will make, we will squeeze every last penny out of a franchise before we stop making it, right? And that's what happened yeah. to Tony Hawk, Guitar Hero. You know, it call, it's happening to Call of Duty, even though Black Black Ops Four has had kind of a resurgence for that franchise. But uh, yeah. you know, if Infinite Warfare and World War Two didn't, you know, break anybody's bank, it's Activision, Activision is is kind of stuck, and this is how they're gonna f- try to fix it, I guess. So uh, yeah. the meat sale expectations, because that's what happened with EA with Battlefield. Oh, that that mess. Yeah, but I, I was just wondering that. I'm just like, where's I'm like y'all don't have any backup money to. I'm like y'all. The Call of Duty has made Activision. Bank. I mean, they had enough money to give their new C- CFO a bonus of fifteen million dollars, and their CEO yeah, thirty million dollars. So, I mean, it's not like they don't have money. <laughs> They're just, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's I think how, that's again, every... it's a lot of it is like that's... all the all those music, the music licenses, and all that mm-hmm. stuff is where they wasted a lot of money on the guitar hero games and stuff like that like the music license stuff can be super expensive yeah <sighs> but yeah it must see people get like mad like what you mentioned Corey, with the 15 million dollar thing it's just like 
how about you spend that fifteen million? And I wonder if it's contract or anything. But I'm like, spend that fifteen million dollars to keep your employees there. Yeah, but I mean, that's also every company, though. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's, and it's not just games either. Every company does this, and it's not like it's not fair, but it happens. You know, it, it's just yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Which it, I mean, I agree. It shouldn't be one of those things, but it is one of it those is. things. So. Well, like we said, everybody, we we will see, and hopefully, and we'll probably probably come back to it, um, but not too much to it. Um, we wish everybody the best. So we're going to get into our Arsenal Exchange. Um, so yes, Xbox Live is coming to Nintendo Switch and mobile games. Um, this is a major step for Microsoft uh, as a company. You know, they're trying to get chestnut product out you know um their ips and stuff like there but um they're trying to make gaming more available to a lot of people um and we talked a lot a a little bit more of this at on nintendo power block Uh, but i brought it to um uh, arsenal x uh to expound on it a little bit more uh because i want to know from your guys perspective what good is going to come out of this um Good as in, uh, we we know there's going to be a benefits for like a more more party people, um, like Nintendo, uh, Microsoft, and maybe some other studios who work with Microsoft. There could be partnerships and stuff like there. Uh, but what what good are we going to see out of this? Um, do we think that Sony is going to jump on board and allow this or not, or do we see that? Um, there's going to be a good unification uh, with systems and mobile and stuff because of Microsoft's de- uh, decision. Well, I'll, I can start. Uh, so for me, like I think, I think this is just kind of the beginning of something bigger, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and we kind of talked about this on on Pal Block, but like I, I could see this being the starting point of trying to get all you know the Nintendo and Xbox systems to to be on the same level so it doesn't so when you're playing like uh multi-platform it doesn't feel so so um half-assed I guess yeah is the best way to say it you know like it, and but I also could see this you know like with the Microsoft's uh outlook of of wanting to have uh game streaming on mobile and and things like that that would give this you know an opportunity to be able to play your xbox games on the switch so like you know because in the way that helps switch not only switch but xbox is yes you may be playing xbox games on your switch but that's still gonna be the best place to go buy a, a handheld uh, console to be able to play your games because it's going to be way better than playing it on a phone. I'm sorry, it's just like it's a bigger screen. You've got you've got controller already built into it. Like everything you need is is going to be there. So I'm going to buy. I'm going to spend two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars on a Switch before I spend four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars on a phone, you know, to play it. So, it's yeah. like, you know, like it, like that's going to be the best way to play handheld, you know, and because phones, as good as they can be for certain mm-hmm. things, it's just still there's a lot of extra things you're going to have to buy in order to be able to make it feel better than playing it on the Switch. 
And then the the other thing is like like I just I just feel like it, it's just like the more the more that happens in this this area the 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 more that it will put pressure I feel like on on Sony to to either decide to be left out or to be progressive, you know. Like I, I, they don't have to necessarily say that. Hey, we're gonna allow you know Xbox to be able to be played on, on the on the PlayStation, but, but they they they're gonna have to think about the cross-platform play stuff at least, you know, to more to the point of like of making that feel a little bit better and more included. So. Especially yeah. if 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 Xbox moves ahead, you know, in in the next generation, if their consoles start selling like better and and things like that, and they they become a true competitor with with Sony, Sony's gonna you know have to make make some decisions. So, what about you, Corey? Uh, I mean, I I definitely first. Uh, I mean, first of all, I I think this is like. At least out of the gate, I I don't think you're going to be playing your Xbox games out of the gate on on Switch. I think mm-hmm. yeah. I think you know I think eventually like they'll integrate that X Cloud into this app, and you will eventually be able to play like once they integrate Xbox Live and uh, X Cloud and Game Pass all into like one kind of cohesive service on the next platform, which I think is what they're going to try to do. Then I could see you being able to. Hey, if you have this game downloaded on your Xbox or on your PC somewhere, uh, you'll be able to use XCloud to play it on the Switch as long as you're connected to the internet, right? And I think yes. that's I think that's a cool thing. But at first, I think it, I think it's going to be a, a more integrated way to have crossplay. Uh, I think it's going to uh, Wargroove, for example, right? Available on Xbox, PC, and Switch right now. Yes, I think what Xbox Live is going to be able to do on Switch is you're going to be able to earn Xbox achievements on your Switch with Wargroove, be able to team up with friends, be able to play with friends, uh, and be able to chat with friends on your Switch while somebody else is playing on Xbox or PC, right? Like, that technology exists. And, you know, like we said earlier, that company that's making uh, dev kits for voice and text chat for Switch uh, that we know Fortnite already uses it to use the technology in the Switch to do voice chat. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Xbox is also going to use that that type of of dev kit to provide text and voice chat through Xbox Live on Switch. So if you're playing Switch, you can check to see who who's on online. Like, if I'm if I'm playing, uh, you know, if I'm playing. Mario Super Mario U or something and and Jesse's playing Apex Legends, right? And I see he's on. I can just jump in a party from my Switch, an Xbox party from my Switch without having to turn my Xbox on, switching inputs on my TV to make sure the party is set up, then plugging in my controller because it's dead and plugging in my headset. Like I can just plug my headset right into my Switch and start an Xbox party chat with with Jesse. And I think that's what it's going to be at first where you know, Minecraft for Switch is, a, is an, another great example where it's crossplay. You have to log into Xbox Live to earn achievements uh, and do crossplay, but you can do it. And uh, you know, when I turn on my Xbox and I scroll down to Minecraft, 
it says Minecraft for Nintendo Switch on my Xbox. And I think that's the perfect example of what's going to be incorporated with Xbox Live on Switch at first. I, I, I think that actually Nintendo could play a really big part in this because of their mobile games. If you could get far, if if you literally could get like Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, to play, like you you were able to buy it on Windows 10, or you were able to buy it through Xbox Live, and play it on your your Surface tablet and stuff, without having to go to Google Play or iOS, that's that's going to be beneficial to a lot of players, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Bam, Hello Wars 3 is available now, available for. Uh, Windows 10, Xbox, and for Switch users, well, do like, streaming like or I, whatever. Like and I said, on, down like ahead, I said on like I said on on Power Block Two is like this could also open the door for Rare Replay Deluxe, mm-hmm. these type yeah. thing. This could open a, a door for uh, Cuphead maybe coming to Switch. I don't think you're ever gonna be see Halo native to Switch, right? I yeah. something like that. I think I we've talked about this a hundred times and like. The more and more news that comes out about Xbox and Nintendo teaming up, the more and more it seems likely that Microsoft is going to start publishing smaller games. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that Battletoads game that's in development would come to Switch, published by Microsoft. Right? Yeah. You'll see yeah. Xbox Game Studios pop up on your screen, and Battletoads. You'll be playing Battletoads and earning achievement Xbox achievements on your Switch through Xbox Live. Right? I could yeah, totally yeah. see that happening. Uh, and also, I what I think eventually this does, it's going to benefit Nintendo for having a sort of standard online component that they already don't have. You know, like it, I I think they're online. I think Microsoft's online is far superior than something Nintendo could ever build. So like maybe Nintendo uses the Xbox Live technology to do their own online stuff, mm-hmm. but also like this gets more hardcore gamers into the Nintendo ecosystem. While I think, I think this might actually put Xbox on the map in Japan, which is something they have struggled to do for years. Like since launch, since Xbox launched, they have not been able to sell consoles in Japan. So, I mean, if you get Nintendo's name involved in Japan on Xbox, like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you guys think that, uh, like that maybe they'll even have it where like if you own a game for Xbox and you own it for Switch like that if you as long as you're logged into your Xbox account you'll be able to continue your where you left off in the game on either system like and that saves. save yeah and that save will kind of be similar like be the same um i think they, eventually I, I don't think right off the bat, bat yeah i yeah. think i think when it, if Man, that's a tough one because Nintendo already has their own cloud cloud save system. I think that would have to be a game by game basis, almost. Yeah, yeah. I think give it a year. Like you'd have to link it. You would have to link it to through the the Xbox. Or there could there could be like there could be like a cross progression style thing like Fortnite does. (laughs) You know where like you do have to have an epic. You have to have an epic account. Is the same. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why I say I I say give it a year. Because uh, so, so there, is it already technically can be done. You know, it can, it's yeah. already being done. But I think there's so. gonna probably be like some updates and patches. Because the coding, I don't know how the coding and stuff goes. But if they could get it like that, I say give it. That's why I say give it a year. Um, 
because like for, like for me personally I would love to have more arcade games on Xbox and then switch over onto my Nintendo Switch if I'm feel, if I feel like I got to go to the bathroom or I got to go to the car or something or you know go out I would love to continue to play that arcade game on my Switch and if I could do that from just transferring my uh, my progress to my Switch and take it on the go I could see that happening yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um it's gonna be interesting. Uh we wanna see how everything gets detailed on their GDC talk in March. Uh hopefully we'll be able to come back and have another discussion about it. But everybody, that is going to be uh our show. Uh what did you guys think? Uh, what good things could come from this uh, do you have any ideas did you see any things that could not be negative uh, but that could come out and it could come out in a matter that we didn't expect and it hurts it we don't know uh, we would like you guys to tell us uh, you can email the show at arsenalxpodcast uh, at gmail.com you guys can follow us also on twitter Hold on one second. I'm trying to get to my plugs. Um, on Arsenal X, I think Arsenal X podcast on Twitter. Yeah, that's. Yep. Uh, uh, you also can find us on uh, Instagram at uh, Arsenal X podcast. Uh, you can find uh, us on our Facebook game, uh, Facebook page, Arsenal X community fan page, fan group. I yeah, the, the easiest way to find it is facebook.com slash group slash Arsenal X podcast. Okay. I'm sorry, everybody. I got to get this down. Uh, and then you can find us on YouTube at Arsenal X, our Xbox channel, uh, where you'll find most of our content for AX Plays, uh, Royale with Cheese, Squad Goals, um, and more. Uh, Corey, where can we find you at? You can find me on Twitter at CoreyNHD713, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitch at CoreyNHD. Yes. Jesse, where can we find you at? You can find me on Twitter at PhantomMegatAX. And you guys can find me on Twitter at ThatBritrico. You can find me on Xbox One as the Lyrical One. And also, everybody, join our uh, Arsenal X group on Xbox. Uh, we would love to game with you guys and conversate. Come join us and play some Anthem. Not, not Anthem. Well, yeah, come play some Anthem or Apex Legends, some multiplayer games. We would love to interact with you guys and hear more about what you guys think about the show and topics like that. So for the final time, everybody, we're going to throw up the X and just a reminder before we go, uh, our next episode is going to be the commentary for Indiana Jones and then after that following week, we are going to have a big discussion on Anthem and Crackdown 3. So everybody, let's throw up the X. Yes, because we are exiting our X podcast and we'll see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.